Welcome to the English world. How are you doing, listeners? How are you in podcast land? Where are you listening to this from? Have you listened to this before? Well, wherever you are, if it's, if this is your first time or if this is your 54th time listening to the English Waffle, uh, welcome and thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, in today's episode, you're going to hear a conversation that I recorded a couple of weeks ago in London, uh, a conversation with a friend of mine who is a professional musician. The conversation is an edited version of a much longer chat that we had, um, and it includes some of Michael's music. So I hope you uh, enjoy and you stick around for the end of the conversation uh, so that you can listen to some of the music that Michael makes. I think that you, that it's very worthwhile um, and really just uh, take a moment of, of appreciation uh, to, to listen to somebody creating uh, music. I'll be back at the end with details of how to use this podcast for your English learning. But in the meantime, happy listening. English listening. Okay, so uh, today on episode 50-something, 54 maybe, of the English Waffle, um, I am joined by my friend and very special guest, Michael Palmer. Hello. Michael Facts, before we get going. <laughs> <laughs> Michael is a multi-instrumentalist musician, composer, producer, and founder of the music studio Born Music, in which we are now sat, uh, which is really exciting for me because there's so many things in here that I don't really know what they are, but they're very exciting. Uh, so if I paint a picture, there is a there is a there is two keyboards, two pianos, uh, at least I'm going to say ten guitars. Less than that, but more like eight. <laughs> eight guitars. Too many. But still, yeah. a number of guitars, which obviously, being a music studio, you would expect. Uh, what else is there? I can see some drums on the floor. Uh, I can see... Well, we're sat at a computer, but it's not any old computer. It's a fancy computer with sort of... <laughs> like, I don't know, just it, like some sort of interface that shows me uh, that we're recording stuff. Yeah. Um, so Michael has worked with lots of uh, different organisations doing really cool stuff involving sound and music. He's uh, worked with the BBC, with BMW, Carlsberg, Volkswagen, the list goes on and on. So I'm really excited to be um, uh, in his world for uh, a few uh, for, the, for this episode and hopefully give you the listener some sort of idea of what it's like to be a music producer and composer. Michael, pleasure to be here. You're welcome. <laughs> um, can you paint us a picture of people who know nothing about... I don't paint pictures about... anymore, I think we established hey. <laughs> My dad can told you... me I can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> can you paint us a proverbial picture, not a literal one, a, yeah. a, a metaphorical picture, if you like, of what it's like to be um, a composer? What, what, do you, what do you do for people who have no idea about this world? Okay, so um, there's many different kinds of jobs being a composer I mean it's all music at the end of the day but there's different different way that ways that manifests you know on one extreme you've got the classical 
composer or or new classical because it's you know class modern classical music would be someone who's composing primarily on the page with a, a pen and paper a pencil and paper um you know with scores in front of them constantly so scores are scores are are written music on the page okay so when you see the dots and the the lines and all those things so musical notes written yeah, down so on paper yeah so that would be the sort of you know the the composers of days gone by you know the famous Beethoven's and Mozart's and things that they would compose on the page yeah and it's a really beautiful skill because you know they wouldn't necessarily need to be at an instrument Hmm. they could write it down from the mind onto the page wow yeah um that that's one extreme and then the other extreme is you know you have people who've never studied music at all and they can't read music but they're they're musical Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and perhaps they're good with computers and they can create music digitally um using all the plethora of software that's available now yeah i mean today there's uh, you know there's probably more musicians making music now who can't read and write music in the traditional pen pencil and paper setting yes yes um so yeah there's many 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 things which can a composer can be on one extreme the old school classically trained pen and pencil and paper yeah <laughs> not pen yeah um, unless you're really confident making pen straight away yeah um yeah exactly apparently mozart scores hardly none of them had any corrections he just was so good just wrote it like a unbelievable like a letter yeah um all the way through to you know dance music producers who you know just do beats and samples and electronic things and computers and it's just, it's a different thing yeah so at this point of the conversation, I asked Michael to give me an example of some of the work that he does. And this is what he showed me. I can play something if you like. That would be great. Okay. Um, yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's start with this one. most intense moments, Nespresso has created coffee intensity beyond the limits. Kazar and Darkan. Nespresso, what else? Yeah, so that's just, you know, one example of something. I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll play something else now, which is uh, completely contrasting to that. So uh, the, the point is just to, to show how different it can be from one job to the next. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, that last piece was, um, you know, from a commercial um, and is more in the world of pop music. Um, I'll play something now, which is more sort of from my film writing um, or filmic writing. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a track from uh, an album I made for uh, EMI, which was uh, an album of steel pan music, uh, but taking the instrument steel pans um, and putting it into a new context in a sort of a filmic context, not the usual sort of calypso or Caribbean stuff. So um, okay, here we go. Great. <laughs> Thank you. 
what a cool sound. So um, after hearing two pieces of music which Michael had made for an advert, for a coffee advert and for a film, I asked him, how does he find work? How does he get these, these, this work? And also, how does his creative process work? And this is what he told me. Can you give us an idea of a typical day for you? Because what you've just shown me is, is, is completely off the... Like, there's so much variety in that. <laughs> um, how do you function, like, day to day when, you know... My typical day is very simple. I know what I'm doing. I get to the classroom. I teach a lesson. I go home. My students are very happy. I'm very happy. They're you know, always that's happy. It. That's great. Um, <laughs> always. <laughs> uh, I'm in denial, and um, that's it. But but what, what what? How do you get to what you've just shown us? How do you, what what's going on? I I can see toys. That's what I can see. I can see uh, lots musical of toys. Musical <laughs> toys. Not not sex toys. Not uh, not other types of toys. But I can see, for example, I've I've uh, there's a a uh, 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 complicated bit of machinery that says sound wizard on it. Uh, Talk uh, us through some of the toys <laughs> that you've got and what they can do. Uh, the sound wizard is just a little sign my friend made me for fun. But, um, <laughs> oh, you are the sound uh, wizard. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you're asking different questions there. So I'll do the what, what's an average day look like? Yeah. Question. Um, yeah. So broadly speaking, doing one of two things. Um, the, my company, Born Music, is a one man company. Um, and that means I'm either composing, and doing things creatively, or I'm looking for work. So those, broadly speaking, the two things. And that's that's just to pause on that maybe a little bit, is that uh, uh, working for yourself is often romanticised as something that people uh, kind of aspire to and want to do, but it's actually incredibly difficult because you have to wear a lot of different hats, proverbially. You, you, know, you, you do, have to and, do... and some hats fit, a, fit better than others, you know. Um, yeah, it's it, it's very common for Hollywood film composers to have an agent, but it's very uncommon for media composers who are working in TV and advertising and all this kind of thing um, to have an agent it's, to, it's to, to, much to less, help find you work. And yeah, it's much less common to, to have an agent. Um, and you have to be your own, you know, so a lot of my, my work is is trying to make those contacts, you know, contacting film companies to contacting ad agencies um, and a lot of it comes through chance encounters with people who work in those kind of industries, you know, or I might know a friend of a friend who, you know, is producing a film or it, it's very hard to create a marketing strategy because it's all about word of mouth. It's about friendships and relationships. And uh, I've done a lot of cold calling and trying to build business that way, but it doesn't. So work. cold calling is the, the process of picking up the telephone and speaking to someone you don't begging, know. Begging. Or, yeah. or AKA begging. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that can that can in some sometimes that can work, but it's it's rare. Yeah, um, you've just got to sort of move in the right circles. Um, you know, hang out in parts of London where where I mean I'm, we're in London now, so yeah, you know, go, go to parties, going, going to screenings, film events, networking events, um, just sort of hanging out in the the places and events where filmmakers and that will be. Uh, that can lead to work. So yeah, broadly speaking, you know, some of my time is marketing. Um, the the other side, the fun side, is the composing. Mm, um, mm. And that will how that 
works and what I end up doing is, is very dependent on the brief of what I'm working to. Um, you know, direct, a director of a film wants control over his, his or her film, and that's totally natural. Um, but it's, it, in some cases, it can be the lack of control which creates the amazing result. Often a filmmaker will come to you with a film and they've got some music they kind of like um, and they want you to do something in that direction. Mm-hmm. That's 99% the case these days mm-hmm. because the technology allows you just to drag a piece of music in mm-hmm. and you can check it out. And So, yeah, talking yeah. of technology, you, you, you're a multi-instrumentalist, which means you play more than one instrument. Tell us about that a little bit. What, what, what instruments are your are your instruments? And also, I suppose this is two questions. One is, uh, what are your instruments? And and the second is, given the advances in technology, can you, if you don't play a particular instrument, can you then get samples of that instrument into your work? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I produce pieces of music which have all kinds of sounds of instruments I don't play. Um, that short film I just mentioned, that there's uh, some bassoon and clarinet parts on that. Oh, wow. Which sound like the real thing, but they're they're not. Um, actually, that's not entirely true. They are the real thing, but they're not played as you hear them. So what that means, basically the word for that is called samples. And this is a very a massive thing in, in music technology these days. Um, you can you can play a recording of a, a violin. Mm-hmm. So a violinist will sit down in a studio in front of a microphone, or many microphones often, and they will play boom, and that would be like I don't know what note that is because I haven't got perfect pitch. But say that was an F. Mm-hmm. If that was an F, so if someone comes and comments that was actually an F, <laughs> I'm now going to say I have perfect pitch. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So boom, if that's an F. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the, in the sample, the library of that violin that you're using, you can say, okay, I want to use long notes. Mm-hmm. So when you press your key on your your electric keyboard which is plugged into the computer <laughs> it'll play back the recording Bum. Um, and you can tell the computer to say if your, mel- your melody was bum, 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 bum. Mm-hmm. so you've got three long notes one two three and then bump bump two short yeah uh, so using samples will be you 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 tell the computer to, to play back the recording of that violinist playing the long notes one two three and then two more recordings of bump, bump, short notes. Right, okay. And often the one, two, three, they will be different recordings as well. Mm. So, uh, and also you could have one or you could have one and those, those will be different recordings. Wow, this is, this, is exa- this is very new to me. I didn't know. Exactly yeah, it's called sampling. It, the, the first example with that was a, an instrument called a Mellotron, which... If you guys, if anyone at home is listening and they want to hear a Mellotron instantly, um, go and listen to Strawberry Fields by the Beatles. That, that, that intro, da, 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 that chordal intro. It sounds like a flute. Um, <clears throat> but that's played on a keyboard. Yeah. And the instrument that has the keyboard, like it looks like a piano keyboard, but not that long. Yeah. Um, it's called a Mellotron. And inside the Mellotron, there's lots of pieces of tape, like cassette tape kind of thing. But, yeah. you know, good quality tape. Um, so when you depress the key on a Mellotron, it'll play back a recording of a flute on that piece of tape, which is triggered by the key going down. Well, at this point, are you still with us, listener? Uh, If you're lost, don't worry, because I was lost at this point. I 
didn't really understand what Michael was talking about, if I'm honest. Uh, so I'm going to just take you forward a little bit in our conversation. And this is the point where I asked Michael, what was what is the coolest instrument in his in his studio? So the one the guitar that's in the center there, that's that's probably the coolest in terms of its is vintage and it's expensive and it's it's quite sought after. That's it's that... very um, to give you a picture. It's very sleek uh, compared to the to the others. It's it's uh, it's kind of almost a third of the the width of of a regular acoustic guitar. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's very an, thin. It's an electric guitar. Um, okay. Actually, that one's a what you'd, you'd call a would you call it a semi-acoustic? It's a hollow body. Um, it, so. If you guys want to look it up at home, um, it's called a Gibson, G-I-B-S-O-N. Mm -hmm. uh, that's an ES, I think it's 457. Okay, we're now getting, now talking just yeah. to the guitar nerds. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, if anyone wants to Google ES547. Yeah. Um, in fact, you could also Google Gibson. I'm, I'm going to take a picture of these because this is worthy yeah, do, of it. That's okay. Um, if, any, if, if anyone's heard of B.B. King, the famous blues guitar player, he plays a Gibson 335 which is pretty much identical to the one I've got, except mine, my one has a one more switch, which does something on it. But it's a beautiful 19... That's actually 70s, 1970s guitar, but it's a beautiful vintage, yeah. gorgeous guitar, yeah. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, but actually, I, I, I did learn buying guitars over the years is... The, the fact is, there's a lot of fuss made about vintage instruments mm -hmm. um, in the guitar world. Um, in fact, all instruments. Um, and... There's a lot of people getting ripped off, you know, not because they're, they're buying something that's not vintage, but the fact is, you know, in the 60s, the, the, the golden era, 60s, 70s of guitar making, hmm. they made great guitars back then. And they also made awful ones. Mm -hmm. And today they make great guitars and awful ones. So it's 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 Just more nostalgia. About, the, the, I would say the nostalgia aspect is a massive marketing campaign in many cases, not all, you know, um, because you know, guitars now are mass-produced, they're produced in... Yeah, it's in, a funny uh, thing, because you'd say that would be bad, but... So what makes a guitar play really well is is the quality of the build. Um, and, you know, all the angles between the different pieces of the guitar which are assembled, how the, the precision of, you know, the, the how the necks are lined, how the bridge is set, all, all these different things you can adjust. Mm -hmm. If they're not right, even a, even a brilliant guitar won't play well if it's not correctly adjusted and today a beginner a beginner guitar today at a cheap price will be night and day better than a beginner beginner guitar that i would have had in the 90s for that's example. progress isn't it yeah because now they're all modeled on computers and yeah. cut with cnc machines and so it's more people it's can experience all the perfect joy of, yeah. <laughs> of a guitar for the for, for the same or well, for a cheaper price yeah so you know a lot of people have sort of this say uh, obsession with you know vintage things being great yes but the truth is you've got to assess everything on its merits yes in, in the moment now yeah. vintage know. doesn't necessarily equal uh quality no except in our case as humans you know we're because we're, we're getting vintage yeah fine we, wine yeah, fine know. human <laughs> beings fine michaels um three keyboards is that a a a a, a so this one, this one is a vintage thing. This is a, a Wurlitzer. That this is Michael playing live from his Wurlitzer. Yeah. That's um, 
sounded great. So you know, that, that's a you know interesting Ray, Ray Charles song. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a famous song with the Wurlitzer on it. Yeah, um, this is vintage. Uh, they don't make these anymore. Um, and for all of my saying that it doesn't matter if it's vintage, um, what what I'm sure that if they started making these again, they could make fantastic new ones, but they just don't. So. Um, you can get a, a computer version of this, mm -hmm. but what you won't have with that is the playability of it, because the, the the way the keys respond, being a physical instrument, are very very different to how a, a modern computer. Sure. Computer so ju just to maybe you pause on that sound on that going back to the the sounds that you just you produced, that it makes it different from a normal piano because it's kind of how are there's so uh, many different ways. Yeah. So. Actually, I'll, t I'll tell everyone what a Wurlitzer is. So, Wurlitzer is spelt uh, W-U-R-L-I-T-Z-E-R. -E and this is a Wurlitzer electric piano. So, if you want to Google that, you can have a look. Um, inside it are reeds. Um, are they reeds, or what do you say? What are they called? They're bits of... <laughs> <laughs> what is a reed? If, if anyone's gone... If, if you remember when you were at school and you had uh, a metal xylophone, you know, ding! You know, yeah. You those bits of metal that vibrate to create the sound, this has something similar inside. I think okay. they're called reeds, I don't know. It's not wood, so it's not a reed. I don't know. Uh -huh. um, but there's there's one for every key going up the keyboard. And in, so you've got a rack of, of those inside, and then there's something called a pickup which listens to those and transforms it into sound which comes out of the speakers. Okay, yeah, because there's two speakers yeah. on either side. But actually, if I, if I turn it off, you can still... Ah, right, okay. You, you can hear the reeds. So something's rattling on top. Tip yeah. Um, so you can still hear it without it being turned on. Yeah, yeah. And when you turn it on... You know, yeah. it's then amplified and has a little... It's got speakers on it, so you can... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's that's really cool. That's it's, it's also in a custom. Very white. cool. It's also painted white. Which yeah, is it's a, like a it's beautiful white, uh, <laughs> but off white. They don't come in white. That's that's the guy who I bought it from on eBay. Um, I think he took it to a, a proper spray booth and got oh, it done. Okay. Um, so it's custom white, which makes it a bit more sexy. Than, yeah, uh, it is. It is a, bit yeah. a sexy bit of kit. Welcome to the English. So that's where the uh, conversation with Michael ended uh how was that how did you, if you got through to the end you've made it this far well done well done for listening all the way through uh how did you i hope you found it interesting first of all i hope you uh found it a, a, an interesting conversation certainly i did i enjoyed listening to how somebody who has a completely different job from me uh how they how they how they do it how it works um so that was fun if you want to listen to uh, michael's music you can do so by following the link uh in this episode to super full moon which is the name of michael's uh band uh i really recommend listening to michael's music uh i think you'll find it to be very moving and uh, can really recommend listening to his stuff. If you want to, if, if there was things that you didn't understand and you want to look at the transcript of this conversation, that's the written form of this conversation, you can do so um, 
go to the website it will be up there in a couple of days so from the time that you hear this give us a couple of days to to produce this transcript um, and then you can check your understanding there will also be a quiz uh, up on the website as well um, and if you liked this episode please do us a favor and tell uh, just one person that you come across about the English waffle this helps us to grow the community this helps us to to attract more listeners from around the world um, and to keep doing what we're doing uh, so that's it for now until the next time happy waffling Welcome to the English Waffle, where we'll talk about random stuff. We'll take you on a journey where you'll find out soon enough that listening to the Waffle is an entertaining way of sharing with you foreigners the things that British people say. Woo! So join us on the Waffle and strap yourselves in. For ten whole earth in minutes of English listening.